Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today we have a bonus episode. Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brett Bowe interview Gretchen Ronovic. She is a wonderful writer that talks about spiritual disciplines. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. Learn more and apply at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. My name is Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And, and also... And <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. You are brand new to the show, Gretchen. Welcome. Yes, Thank you. Welcome. Uh, so let's do a little bit of an introduction for our audience who might not be as familiar with you. You're an author and a speaker and a podcaster and a mom and a wife, probably in inverse order. I listed all of yeah. those. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, give a quick introduction of who you are and what you're doing, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my, my full-time job is being a homeschool mom to, um, well, I have six kids, but the oldest is just graduated. So it's five kids left at home and, um, my husband farms. So we live, um, on a farm in Minnesota and, um, I help support that as much as I can. I'm also a speaker at uh, various conferences and retreats. And I have a book, uh, Ragged Spiritual Disciplines for the Spiritually Exhausted. And um, yeah, I, I teach on on intergenerational mentoring in women's ministries sometimes and um, probably on social media too much. I don't know if that's really a job description. <laughs> but and and the podcast too. Oh, yes. And my podcast is freely given. It's with my friend, uh, Katie Copeland. So you, you, it's not like you have nothing to do and you've managed to find time to be with us today. So we thank you for that. Oh, it's fun being on here. I, I really um, enjoy getting to know you guys. Good. Uh, we, I wanted to talk about Ragged uh, and we're nothing if not timely on the Being Lutheran podcast. So Ragged came out last summer <laughs> or, or last year and uh, did a poor job of getting you on. But, you know, I had Flame on like two years after the fact. So people will forgive me for all of that. Uh, tell us, a, give us a, uh, the Amazon uh, summary <laughs> version of Ragged and th then we can kind of get into the specifics. Yeah, so I um, I wanted to write a resource on spiritual disciplines like um, Bible reading and prayer and um, fasting and a lot of the, the traditional spiritual disciplines, but hanging on to um, law and gospel distinctives and really looking theologically on where this belongs in our Christian life. And um, for, for the purpose, um, I it was kind of from personal experience where I really wanted to be a super Christian and just do all the things. And really, um, I don't know if I would say that I burned out or God kind of humbled me <laughs> an awful lot in that. And, um, so I just wanted to share a, a strong grace, um, approach to the spiritual disciplines. I think that was the key for me in, in reading it. Uh, 
almost every, well, everything I've ever read on any spiritual discipline is from a law perspective. Mm -hmm. And it, no matter how hard you try, if you do not have the particular gift of, of a habit forming personality, Mm -hmm. uh, that law is going to end up being a burden. Uh, but, but the problem with the spiritual discipline aspect of it is it becomes a, a burden on your Christian life rather than, uh, on any other aspect of your life. Uh, what was the tension for you in, in putting this together, looking at it from gospel motivation, instead of falling into the trap of that, that law, law, law focus. Um, I suppose um, there there was a lot of fear that if you if you don't have a law focus, people won't do it, or people will just say, "Well, obviously, I don't need to do this because um, we're we're not under the law in this way," and, and the Bible doesn't specifically say. And to be perfectly honest, I think some people did take it that way. I got a couple angry emails of, you know, people are going to think that they can't read their Bible if, if you, if they read your book or, or they don't have to. And, um, I think for me, um, it was growing an understanding of the power of the gospel and really, um, having faith in the power of the gospel in our lives. And, um, it really came down to a correct understanding of the, the role of the Holy spirit in our lives. Um, I think a lot of times we we take that for granted or think the Holy Spirit is unreliable or um, I don't know flighty in some ways <laughs> you know <laughs> and so um, under, understanding the his role in it and also um, having faith that that's enough it it's um, it really was it that tension is was really a step of faith. I go ahead, Brett. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, Gretchen, that that's great. And, um, I know there was a time in my life where I, I really got into some of the writings about spiritual disciplines, uh, guys like Dallas Willard and, uh, Richard Foster. And, um, there was kind of like a, a huge emphasis in that sort of thing. And, uh, I'm just, I'm wondering if, if you, what do you, what do you think about those writings? I know you mentioned uh, more law-based, but how much did you uh, chew the meat, spit out bones, or just completely disregard some other writings like that and considering uh, the spiritual disciplines uh, as you sought to uh, really focus on the gospel? Yeah, there was, um, I, I read all of them as part of my research. <laughs> so, um, Willard, uh, Foster, um, I, I did not cite any of them on purpose. I think the only one I cited um, was one on fasting. Um, I might say his name wrong. I think it was Dave Mathis. There's a there's a book mm -hmm. called Habits of Grace, um, yep. which I really enjoyed. Um, which again, it did not have law and gospel distinctions in there, but it, it at least had a a foundation of grace that was thicker in in some aspect, but. Um, yeah, I think that there was a lot of help in the how to, or, um, maybe even looking at the ideal of, of this would be ideal situation. Um, part of my struggle with that was, um, actually looking at a lot of these disciplines from a woman's perspective, because, 
none of these books addressed how to do any of these spiritual disciplines when you have kids hanging on you. And it, it may sound like really dumb, like, you know, because so then I started asking a lot of questions like, um, so is this just for guys or am I not doing this wrong? Or I would try to say, okay, if I could just discipline my kids better, then I could do spiritual disciplines and then I would grow more. Or if I could just, do, they're like, all of a sudden the list, the list started getting longer. And so I started reading a lot of um, books on spiritual disciplines or, or mostly articles um, written by women. And those would have two extremes of, um, don't worry, God doesn't really care. Um, you can do spiritual disciplines when your kids get older. It'll be fine. Like no big deal. And um, <laughs> really just kind of like, um, like I was starving. Like I, I need this. And so don't tell me that I have to wait till after my kids are bigger before I get fed. It, it was really hard. The other extreme would be um, you you're really not fulfilling your Christian duty if you're not getting up before your kids or you're, it was like really oh. heavy, of, <laughs> you know, all of these things. And I would, I would just be like, I, you know, I have six kids and one of them has special <laughs> needs and they're, you know, uh -huh. I, how many years did we have diapers or I would be, you know, I don't, you know, my youngest is five, he's turning six next week, but I think my body literally forgot how to sleep through the night after so many years. And so, I mean, like there's a lot of logistics where I'm just like, do I really have to get my life together before I can get fed and the Holy Spirit can work in me? And so then it, it started to become a, a theological dilemma for me of, of where does this, how does this work out? You really start to see the problem with monasticism in the middle ages, as yeah. you start to consider these things, because I mean, maybe there's a reason that you had to completely isolate yourself from human society to develop yeah. any sort of dedication to these practices. If that's the only outcome. Well, yeah. And then you start asking questions like, is it, um, am I holier if I, pray for three hours in the morning by myself, or if I have to put on the TV for my kids for those three hours, you know, does the holiness like equal <laughs> out somehow, because maybe that's not fulfilling my vocation as a mom very well. <laughs> so yeah. there's all of these dilemmas that I, I don't think any of these books addressed. It just made me feel like, okay, I have to do these better. And these are how you do them, but it, how it fits into my vocation just wasn't there at all. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, we like to talk about vocation on, on our podcast a lot and uh, yeah, thumbs up from Jason. Um, but Gretchen, how, how did the doctrine of vocation uh, fit into the struggle? I, you, you've started to indicate that a little bit in what you were just saying, but um, yeah. How did you reconcile vocation with spiritual disciplines? Yeah, I, um, I, honestly have studied vocation a lot more recently. Um, but I think that there, the main thing that I learned is that there is no exact formula for this. And what I might um, construe to be, or try to figure out what works in my life um, may not work in someone else's vocation or in someone mm -hmm. else's family. And so um, I think it's very, popular 
to come up with a, a formula to hand people of this is exactly how you have to do it and this is how it works. And I really wanted instead to fix our eyes on Jesus and understand that sanctification is something the Holy Spirit promises that he will do in us and um, and to lean into that instead of lean into um the how-to. I think the other aspect of that is that I really learned through my research of the book is that in America, we we look so much at the spiritual disciplines from an individual aspect. And um, I learned that biblically, there's so much more of a community or church aspect to it that I hadn't realized. And so how is the Holy Spirit going to work? He's going to work through his church. And so leaning into, I think my pastor's sermons became a lot more important for me. And in my mind, I sort of, you know, quote unquote, counted it as time in the word, <laughs> as, as dumb as that sounds, but reaching out to my friends and saying, I'm struggling, or um, I think it's made it um, not not only okay, but encouraged to depend on others instead of see myself in this isolated position of spiritual disciplines. Uh, you keep bringing up the Holy Spirit. And I guess I need to ask, are Lutherans even allowed to talk about the Holy Spirit? <laughs> it seems like such foreign territory for us because we, we often get so committed uh, to not talking about the Holy Spirit through spontaneity or, or mm -hmm. random coincidence right. that we forget to include the Holy Spirit as a motivating uh, factor in our doctrine and in the exercise of our faith. Yeah. When I, um, when I did confirmation um, in middle school, I did it one-on-one -on -one with my pastor, with my grandpa, who was a retired pastor. And um, I would always ask him about the Holy Spirit because I was so curious about why he never seems to be brought up. And he would always say, you know, the Holy Spirit is always pointing us back to Christ. And I'd just be like, well, now we're just talking about Jesus again. Like, it was just like so confusing to me. Um, Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures. Yeah, <laughs> right? So I, was, I was really confused. Um, and actually in, in college, I joined a charismatic Bible study just because I was curious to see, you know, quote unquote, all the all the exciting things the Holy Spirit could do. And I was, you know, just out of sheer curiosity. And I, I really got burned. I, I really got burned in, um, in kind of a um, shaking kind of like a, shaking my faith, what is real, what is not real. And it really had me lean into to scriptures more now as an adult that I am, um, I don't have to question this, the scriptures, like I had to question experiences. And so it, I think that whole experience in the, I don't know, in the charismatic world has made me value, um, the role of scripture in my faith, as opposed to constantly searching for the next quote unquote experience and seeing the Holy Spirit work through that instead of, I don't know, shivers in your liver, as they say. So. <laughs> uh, 
let's get into the, the actual spiritual disciplines in your book. Um, at the risk of sounding like a generic interviewer, what, what I want to know, uh, uh, and I have a hunch having read through the book and having highlighted, what was the most difficult of the disciplines for you to write on? Oh, hands down the, the chapter on prayer. That, that one was, was painful. And, um, my, my podcast co-host Katie, I think I sent her so many text messages saying, I don't think I can do this. Uh, I, but I can't write a book on spiritual disciplines without writing about prayer. So like, I'm going to have to get through <laughs> this. Um, but I, I, I suppose I just don't know if I do it right. All I know is that God meets me there. And there's there's so many ways to pray and so many methods to pray. Uh, and several of them are very good. But sometimes, um, sometimes I get angry with God in prayer. And I really wrestle with him. And I really question him. And I, I pour my heart out. And I think that's really scary to admit sometimes that... Um, prayer life isn't always pretty. And I didn't know how to say that and not have everyone judge me or lead people astray or, or any of that. But that was definitely the hardest one to write. The, the hardest for me as a pastor with prayer is breaking out of the laundry list habit. Yeah. And, and I have found it so difficult at times as a pastor to persevere in prayer when you're praying for the same requests over and over again in a list mm -hmm. and uh, it, you know, reading your chapter was an encouragement because one of the things you can't do well as a pastor, at least publicly is to admit you struggle with prayer mm -hmm. uh, because uh, uh, you actually will cause other pastors to faint, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's those things. It's like ad admitting that you don't do something as basic as prayer. Well, is not something any Christian wants to do, but, uh, you know, from a pastoral perspective, it's like, Oh boy, who do I tell that my prayer life is lacking? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, I've, I've done all the things I've, I, I've done prayer journals where I write it out. So I'm not falling asleep or I, you know, have had three by five note cards and I've prayed through them. I've done the lists. Um, and then I try to say, okay, it shouldn't just be about me and what we want. We should be doing, you know, the acts, the adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, and, you know, all of those things. And, and all of those are good. Um, but yeah, I was talking with a, a young, a younger woman that I was mentoring a couple of years ago, and we had both walked through a, a similar difficult situation and, um, she had asked how I had dealt with that situation. And, um, and I said, well, I can tell you how I dealt with it, but I don't know if it's right. Like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's what I did. And she said, well, what did you do? And I'm like, I, I walked out into a field. I mean, I'm in a farm, so I can walk out to the field behind my house and, and be alone. <laughs> um, I said, I, I walked out to a field and I just yelled at God. I was so angry with him and I poured my heart out and he, he just softened my heart about the situation. And I said, I don't. And she's like, how did you not get struck by lightning? Like just going up there. And, like, and I'm like, it, I said, for me, it was like confession of sin that I am stuck in. 
as I'm stuck with it. Like as I'm stuck in this sin, I am confessing it. Lord, please take this from me. And um, I think we often feel like we have to get ourselves together before prayer or at least be over some sin before we go instead of bringing our sin that we are wrestling with. And um, the very idea that God meets us where we are at and changes us in that place instead of, so it's kind of a paradigm shifting um, thing. So I, I think I reach out to him more often because I don't feel the need to, to do it pretty. Um, but I, I wish I did it more pretty. I, I don't think I'm ever going to wish that I, that I, um, that I did it better. And, and so that will probably be a constant for me. I'm not sure they would appreciate that in the CVS parking lot behind my house <laughs> as much. I just started yelling out loud. It might be taken differently. Yeah. <laughs> There's that pastor again. Go yeah. So, um, so Gretchen, do you, uh, is there anything in the book or after it's been published that you wish you could add to or change or, um, or you wish any regrets of, about what, what didn't make it into the book? Oh, probably lots of things. Let me see. That's a really good question. Um, I, I wish I would have put more vocation in there. Um, I, and, and talked about that as, as I'm learning more about that. Um, I, there's something about, um, patience and suffering that I wanted to work on a little bit more that I'm working on now. I kind of just decided to roll that into a different book. Um, I originally had a chapter on worship in there that um, I ended up removing just because worship was more interwoven in in other ways. Um, but also, um, I think there was some areas where I just didn't feel like I was knowledgeable enough to speak into it. And so I just had to um, come to terms with accepting my the, the holes in my in my knowledge. And, and just, just offer what I had. And I think that's probably the hard part of, of any author releasing a book out of your fingers is, is terrifying. Cause you know, there's always more that you would like to do. So, yeah. Talk to me about fasting. fasting. That was, that was the, uh, uh, to be honest, that was the chapter I was most looking forward to reading because there isn't a single conservative Christian right now that I know of who talks about fasting. Well, yeah, I think, um, I am pretty sure that a lot of people turn to that chapter first (laughs) just because it's so rarely talked about. And, um, especially I think, um, you know, dare I say modern American church fasting, is not really, unless we're talking about a diet plan, or um, yeah, the Daniel the, plan, the Daniel yeah, plan, yeah. or some, some good way to lose weight or, or whatnot. And so, um, yeah, fasting is something, um, one of the mentors in my life, um, she is one of my aunts, um, that she does regularly and, um, she grew up Lutheran, but she is not Lutheran. And so I couldn't deny 
that fasting is in the Bible. And I couldn't deny that there's um, references um, directing us or, or when we fast. And I, again, I wanted to see where does that fit into our theology? And um, the denominations that often write about it are sometimes the more charismatic or the more, um, like you hear it described as like supercharging your prayers. And I'm just like, well, that's really strange. Like how I don't, we don't really talk about supercharging in Lutheranism. Like we've got like the sacrament, <laughs> sacraments, you know, there's not like, like various levels. And so, um, and honestly, because it's not in scripture. And so there, you know, like there's, so I was trying to figure out what, what that was all about. And, um, so in various circumstances, when she would encourage me to fast, finally, I was like, I should just try this and see what happens because sometimes you only learn through doing. And I was trying to look at it academically. And, um, I think I, I think I discovered, um, that God is faithful even when I am weak or even when I lack. And, um, that was something that I need reminders of consistently, because again, we're always trying to beef ourselves up before we come before the throne and, you know, supercharge our prayers or make us extra. But the idea of, um, allowing ourselves to be weak or allowing ourselves to be hungry and knowing that that's where God meets us. It, um, at the same time, I know that, um, my own, extremist tendencies. I didn't want people to feel like, okay, well, what if I have an easy eating disorder or what if I do have health problems or where, where does this fit in for me? Um, where it can be, um, triggering and maybe almost dangerous ways. And so I wanted to, um, address it in a holistic way so that, um, that people, would see it's not so much about the procedure of this is how you fast. And these are the buttons that you push to get to God to do what you want him to do. But understanding um, that it's from that position of humility where where God shows himself um, to you in, in ways you maybe wouldn't see otherwise. I think one of the strengths of your book as a whole uh, is exactly what you just described is you managed to talk about uh, all of these different disciplines, uh, not feel like, at least as a reader, I did not feel like I was being painted into a corner, but you didn't caveat yourself to death. You know, that, you know, as a, as a person who's been through a couple of journalism classes and in radio classes, caveats are the death of a good story. And you didn't try to address every one of the exceptions, but I don't think, uh, you, you left people who have exceptions in their lives hanging. And, and I thought you did a really good job at that in the book. Oh, thank you for that. I know that. I am the queen of disclaimers. And so I have to edit those out all the time. And I try to edit most of them out in my brain before they, they get anywhere, but it, it's just what it is. I think, especially when you, um, and you guys probably know this, especially as pastors, when you get to know people's stories, um, you start having compassion for those caveats or the exceptions of you. You're more aware that they're there. And, um, yeah, just trying to to make sure that 
the, the focus is on in the right place. Is there any, um, any story you have uh, for us of maybe, maybe a, somebody that has responded to the book that has just uh, really maybe blown you away or has, has been uh, just a, a way God has, has uh, blessed you by hearing how he's been changing lives through the book? Uh, do you have any, maybe one story like that where you see uh, just how the Lord's been using uh, what you wrote? Yeah, I, that's, that's been like my favorite start part. There has been a lot of stories. Um, I think I, I hit a nerve, especially, I mean, as, as a homeschooler, I am, a lot of the homeschool groups are more um, fundamentalist Baptist leaning and talking with a lot of the families in there um, and my associations and networking over there. Um, it has hearing the stories of, um, I think the first two chapters, I heard a lot of people say, I cried my whole way through that. I didn't know Christ was for me that much. And that, that was really good. I probably one of the more, um, high profile ones, and this is coming out next week in, in my podcast episode, cause I, I invited him on, but the, the host of, um, um, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, Mike Cospers from Christianity today. So after mm -hmm. the fourth episode of that podcast came out, he messaged me and he said, I'm going through your book ragged right now. And it is totally grounding me as I'm hearing these trauma stories after trauma stories. Thank you for writing mm. this. Oh, wow. wow. And awesome. I was like, Whoa, like I had to check and like, is this really him? Like what <laughs> it is like, I, I had to like check and see, but, um, just he, he, hearing the all the stories of people getting hurt in church, which I think a lot of times is when law and gospel gets confused, and 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 law can be beating people who are um, bruised reeds, and um, understanding the place of both of those in the Christian life. Um, I I think we need to be talking about that in spiritual disciplines. Cause I think all of us feel like we are not good enough in this area, but we don't want to talk about it because we don't want people to know how bad we are in this area. And even after, um, even after my book was turned in, it wasn't out yet, but I had finished the final edits. It had gone to print and then I kind of crashed and for three weeks, probably I didn't even crack open my Bible. And then it just started eating at me just kind of like, you know, well, you're such a fraud. You just wrote this book on spiritual disciplines and you just haven't really been doing anything, and, you know, and all of that. And I texted one of my friends and I said, I am really struggling to get back in the word. I don't even know where to start. And I feel like a fraud. And um, she just copy and pasted what she had read in uh, the scriptures that morning and she sent it over to me and I read it just there on my phone and she's like there you're back in the word and it was um, <laughs> just a just an understanding that um this isn't this isn't a place you arrive this is learning dependence on on the lord 
And it is something we're going to be doing our whole lives. And it's, it's not, it's something we, we get to do. Great. Well, I want to be respectful of your time and uh, we, we do have another topic we're going to get to for next week's episode, but Brett, did you have anything else before we're done? No, it, maybe we should ask here and we can repeat this in the next episode too, but uh, where can people go Gretchen to learn more or to uh, connect with you online? Yeah. So I have a website that's just GretchenRonovic.com and there's links to everything there and the freely given podcast um, my co-host Katie is a lot funnier than me, so it works out really well. And, um, I am on Twitter at G, um, at G a Ronovic. All right. That's great. Thanks for joining us on the being Lutheran podcast, Gretchen. Uh, thanks for everyone who listened and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next time as Pastor Jason and Pastor Brett continue their interview with Gretchen Ronovic. God bless you and have a great week.